Hey everyone, welcome to the Horror PSA presented by Scary Nerd, and as always, we are your hosts. I'm Paul. I'm Saul. And I'm Angie. The following is a public service announcement. Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind the cabin in the woods. So unless you're living in a womb of reefer, don't go making out with that moose over there because the 420 edition of the Horror PSA podcast starts now. Woo, 420. Welcome, children, to the movie where the pothead saves the day or the ends the world. The pothead is the hero or is he the villain? He's the ultimate. It's... it's Really? Either way you yeah. look at it, it makes sense. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. And I am so excited for this movie. This is one of my favorite. If you want to call it horror movies, it's it's up there for me. It's I want to say probably in my top five, maybe six or seven, something like that. But it's it's up there for me. It's definitely a smart horror movie. It definitely takes a lot. It's it's almost like an evaluation of the horror genre in total. It really, it, it turns well, all the tropes on its side and, you know, it uses them in a comedic way and it almost challenges, you know, like it almost challenges the status quo is to be like, okay, we all know you use these things. We all know they exist. Start using some new things or come up with some new things. We need fresh things. I really love this. Like I said, um, I remember when this movie came out, seeing the trailers for it made me think, okay, it's going to be your typical horror movie. So I was like, you know what? I'm probably going to pass. It wasn't until after it came out in the theaters, like maybe a couple days afterwards, that I started seeing people post about it. And they're like, if you're a horror fan, you need to go see this. He's like, we're not going to say anything more about it because it's going to spoil what it is. So then I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to go watch it. Saw it. And I was like, okay, yeah, this movie is well done. It's smart. And it's a different take on what we all know and love. Yeah, I remember the trailer coming out. It definitely was like, oh, this looks cheesy. looks like the same shit that you've always... You know, the same shit, Cabin Woods. Like, it's not even very inventive, you know, fucking title of the movie. It's Cabin yeah. in the Woods. Like, so yeah, definitely, the trailer definitely turned me off into until, like, pretty much that, like the, you said, when people started saying that, everything about it, that's when it, you know, really came, kind of came out that it was something different. Well, the other, the main other main thing I remember about it, too, is I remember after I watched it, you were, we were still working at the same, at the same place, Paul and I, and I told him, I was like, you need to go watch this movie. And I didn't want to ruin it for him and tell him flat out what it was, but I was like, you need to go watch it. And I remember back then you were kind of like, uh, it's, it looks kind of like the run of the mill type of horror movie. Like, no dude, you need to go watch this, but I didn't want to spoil it for you. And the other thing that did it for me too, was that Joss Whedon co-wrote this and you kind of have me in when you have Joss Whedon thrown into any type of, any type of movie or TV show. Yeah, he's definitely got the the final girl horror trope down of <laughs> Buffy and all that. Joss Whedon's kind of cornered the market on some of the horror tropes that we know and love. And so writing co-writing a movie like this that kind of turns them all on their head is a really smart way to take horror into a new direction. And the way Joss Whedon does his movies is he's got certain elements to it or the comedy in it doesn't overshadow what the movie is. And it had its moments. You could definitely tell it was a Joss Whedon moment movie, especially when you had the stoner guy, Marty do what he did, where you assume he's dead. He comes back and he just kind of makes the joke about how he took care of one of the hillbilly zombies. Oh yeah. And the, the hillbilly zombie ends up helping him out later. 
later yeah. on, the, the, half the zombie well, that hey, he dismembered. Good old Constance Buckner at the end kind of helps out too. So she does. She, and she really, was, she just wanted to have a peaceful, you know, existence. That was, really, that was the whole thing. It's diary. a team effort to end the human race as we know it in this movie. <laughs> it really is. Constance, we got the main girl. What was her name? Jules Dana. was oh, the Dana. blonde chick. Dana, Dana yeah. was the redhead. Marty was our stoner, Kurt was our jock, and Holden was, I guess, our nerd. Let's talk about the movie and how we're led down to believe that it's going to be a certain type of movie, but we start off with, what, them in some sort of office setting about how they're going through the mundane thing. And I remember, and they even mentioned this in a couple other things, is you go in there, you start watching the movie, you think it's going to be a horror movie, and you get led into the the office setting, and I'm like, am I in the right movie? What's going on? And then everything slowly gets revealed, and then it just again to me it makes makes this movie perfect. With you get just enough information to where it gives you stuff to think about, but not without revealing everything all at once. Yeah, see, I like this movie better as just a, a movie. Like, I don't, I don't never, I never even the first time I watched it, I don't think I was like going into it trying to figure it out. I was just like, oh, I'm going to watch this and it's going to be a fun horror movie. And I think that's the best way to watch it is to not yeah. not focus in on everything and not try to figure it out because there's no real point to figuring the end out. I mean, everything that happens in horror movies happens in this movie. <laughs> it's not it's yeah. like, it doesn't go anywhere too crazy, except there's a bigger thing at the end. And there's all a big reason that connects it. But other than that, I like how it just shows this job as a mundane job. Because any job in the world, no matter what your job is, is somebody's mundane yeah, job. Yeah. It's the corporate side of it. To that point. Yeah. yeah. It's the corporate side of it. And it really is these guys like, oh, God, I got to do this. We got to do that. Like talking about their just outside world. And like, and it's, it's so much so that like as you move on in the story and as you see it's revealed how much they actually have writing on this. Like you see, oh, Switzerland fell. Oh, Japan's yeah. actually like you get you get that sense more and more, but it's like every step of the way they're still like, just calm the fuck down. Like we've been doing this for twenty years, you know, like yeah. we haven't had a mistake since eighty nine or whatever he says, or ninety eight or something like that. So it's like this yeah. to them it's like it's just still just a fucking job, you know, and he's planning on, you know, we baby proof the house all fucking ready. It's like, okay, but if you guys don't handle this shit like tonight, you know, yeah, then there's like no there baby is none of that had. shit. But yeah. it's like none of them are like, you know, it's not into the world, like just calm the fuck down. Like you'll you'll get the memo, you'll get this the blah blah blah. Like and I do, I do disagree with you that the Saul that the comedy doesn't overshadow what the movie is because this movie is fucking hilarious. The comedy within this movie is so well placed and so well timed that it almost pulls some of the tension into a different comedic realm. Because like Marty yeah, has Marty. those little one-liners where he throws out like, "What the? What kind of sense does that make?" Like when all the shit starts going down at the cabin, he's the only one that's like, "Could we not?" Could we just not read the Latin? I do, yeah. I do think it's funny that that Marty, the quote unquote fool of the you know of the whole sacrifice thing, is the only one that has the voice of reason. And it's not only because you know the as we get revealed that the the weed was keeping him immune from whatever you know the yeah. mind altering shit or whatever. Um, it, it just it just funny to me that they're like you know he's the fool, he's the pothead. But he's the one that's only like the only voice of reason in this whole fucking thing. It would even be like, I draw the line at fucking Latin, guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. 
But see, that's the thing I liked about this movie, though, is because, I mean, the Joss Whedon aspect is it had the comedy, but again, it didn't overshadow what it was. He does, he mixes comedy well with what he's doing. Like, if you've seen the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you understand everything that he's going to have the comedy aspect, he's going to have the horror aspect, and he's going to have the serious aspect of it, which everything balances really, really well. And that's what I really like about this movie is how everything just mixed in really well together. And somebody who wrote this movie or the character, the guy, the actor who plays Marty gave a lot of notes to Joss Whedon because he plays a stoner to a T. Yes. Like, like the way he checks yes, he the way he checks that the door is locked even though the windows rolled up <laughs> his car. <laughs> He's got his his mega bong that turns into a coffee cup, which we all need. We all need a mega bong that turns I, into a I'm coffee con- cup. I'm convinced Josh Whedon uh, he smokes weed. Yeah. I'm convinced. The thing that I, the thing that I was waiting for with the car is the only thing that was missing was the car alarm. Just to hear the little, (laughs) that was the only thing that I was waiting for when I first saw that was I was just waiting for the because he obviously did the the walking of the window with the window rolled down. Yeah. And the the scene where Marty gets a little intense in the RV, it kind of made me understand the whole like people don't trust stoners because a lot of times stoners say things that are true, but the weed just makes us a little intense. It just gives us yeah. a little intensity and that kind of that kind of gives people the wrong idea. And then plus we really don't care when we're high, so we're not gonna really argue that hard with you. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so let's get let's get into the thick of the movie. When we first get to them actually rolling up to the cabin, again it has Oh, we missed the, the we homage. missed the harbinger. We have to go back to the harbinger. Oh oh yeah, yeah, we gotta go back to the harbinger. I, f- I forgot about him. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was hilarious because he they have to make their choices on their own. They can put everything in there for them, but it's up to them to decide what they do with them. And that's when we see the harbinger when he says his whole spiel about what that they're blind, but they won't. They're not going to see you or whatnot. I forget what it is that he says though. But the harbinger is great because he's just such a dick. And uh, he has a, a name, right goddammit. That's Mordecai. Is it Mordecai? Yeah, he's like Mordecai, baby. Let's <laughs> yeah, go up top. <laughs> Uh, because when he call when he calls them, he tells them like, "Oh, we got Mordecai on the phone." And he says he's really he really wants to talk to you guys. I'm like, all right, fine, put him on. See, the, the both and scenes he, with Mordecai are great because like you get the setup scene where that he meets the the lambs going to slaughter. We'll call them. Um, he's just yes. a dick, and the the main characters are a dick back to him. Like they don't put up with a shit, so to speak. But in the end, they still don't take. What he has to say, even Marty is just a dick to him. Yeah, he is like, "Fuck he, off." Well, even Mar- Marty even calls him out on it. He's like, "You were rude to my friend," and he calls him out on it. He's like, "And they're gonna be rude back to you if you're gonna treat them like that." Later on, when he calls, when Mordecai calls back, and he, the the second interaction is just all comedy when he's got that yeah. when he's it's on like the two speaker phone. Yeah, it's two separate it's like, characters. It's like it's like Mordecai was the greatest actor of this whole fucking like you know, quote unquote, fake production thing of, you know, leading them into the whole thing. So it's like that, that whore over there, like, like just fucking chewing and spitting everywhere. And, like, yeah. Yeah, blah, blah. and then he's like, am I on speakerphone? Am I on speakerphone? That's really <laughs> rude. rude. I don't know who's in the room with you. Like, I hear, I hear the echo. <laughs> like, I hear the echo. 
And then you hear, you see the other two tr- holding the laughter and they start laughing and he gets pissed off at them. <laughs> this, the little quips in this movie, I love all the details, I guess. The little details are what make this movie. I mean, you have the generalized story of the overarching theme or whatever, but the little details from the monsters, from the, the little hints at comedy are so great in this movie. <laughs> When they finally get to the cabin and they're all partying and they're all getting drunk, like, what is the scene where she makes out with that wolf and why is it so intense? <laughs> why does she? Why must she tongue fuck this wolf so much? <laughs> like, it's so creepy. That's, see, that to me was like, um, it's showing how how far removed she is from her own self, I guess. Like how much the the hair dye, the hair dye has taken over her brain. Yeah. Hair dye is working or whatever. So I don't know, but I just kept thinking like uh, gross. Like yeah, gonna get uh, some Lyme disease. Like, I don't. I don't know what wild animals have besides rabies. I mean, <laughs> obviously you would see rabies if it was dripping off the fucking you know moose face or whatever. But that was a wolf. Like, I know it was a wolf. Yeah, it's our four twenty <laughs> edition. It was a moose. He called it a moose. So, yeah, I don't know. Can, do do fucking animals get Lyme disease? I thought it was just deer. I don't know. But even like, when she stops making out of them, she pulls the hair out of her mouth. And mm. I'm just like, uh, uh, no. <laughs> no. Hey, she made a lot of You don't of know how long that movie. thing's been up there. She got some pretty good money for this movie, I'm she sure. She did. So. I hope she got extra for each boob, too. Yeah. That's yeah. how you get a you, you get If you're going to take your top off, you get paid by the tit. <laughs> right, yeah. ladies? But, you know... <laughs> And even when she was about to unveil him, I thought the one thing that was funny is how all the men in the little control room were sitting there watching. Oh, yeah. They were just waiting for it. Because that's horror. They were just waiting for it. That's horror, fans. That's what it is. (laughs) Your basic human needs disgust me. Your basic human needs disgust me. Get out of here. I love, too, in that scene when when they're finally partying and after she makes out and they're still playing their truth or dare. And the fucking, the basement door slams open, nod to Evil Dead. It must have been the wind. It must have been the wind. And Marty's just like, what kind of sense does that make? I love that line because it's such a stoner I line. All of his lines were either like little jabs of like, it was almost like deadpan humor because it's like he's making yeah. the most sense yeah. right now, but he's the pothead. So mm-hmm. it's like almost a deadpan kind of humor. And all of his lines were either like that kind of humor or it was like, his stoner logic that would come into play when he was like puppeteers. Yeah. And she was like, puppeteers, like Pop Tarts. Pop Tarts. <laughs> Did you say Pop Tarts? <laughs> to be fair, you're hungry when you smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> to be fair, the first thing he said when he got into the RV is like, Do you have any food, Dana? <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> it's like one of the first Dana, things. Dana, it was like the second Dana. thing he's like, yeah. Dana, you something minks. Like, Do you have any food? Yeah. <laughs> he's getting food in here and he needs snacks. And is that was his bag that he brought with him to the RV? Just a giant, like paper bag of weed. Was that I assume what he so. Had? <laughs> I would like, assume that's what it was. Where do you get said giant paper bags of weed? Because <laughs> grocery I mean, stores. Grocery stores. The grocery stores sell paper bags, <laughs> bags of weed. <laughs> the grocery no, store you, you just shop get the paper sell. bag from grocery stores. <laughs> Maybe the the bagger guy sells yeah. weed in the grocery bag. There you go. <laughs> I love the basement scene yeah. though when they they finally get down into the basement where they're they have to choose what their death pretty much. Yeah, they choose their death. I mean, so many nods to so many things in that basement. And I love how again Marty is the most woke person in this movie because even he says, "You're 
cousin's got a lot of shit down here to your, begin with. Your cousin's into some weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. No, I found that scene almost, uh, it was, it was comical to me that there was so much shit down there. It was like, it's almost like an overload. Like, it's so funny how, you know, there's so many options that he could choose from. And there were so many like little trinkets and things that it was like, you know, there would never be that much stuff down. Just so neatly placed. Yeah. So neatly (laughs) placed and like, so, you know, like accessible. It was like that fucking Nickelodeon, like finders, keepers. Remember they had like break everything to find the fucking shit. Like it was that kind of shit. If you ever go into a basement kids and like creepy shit is like, Presented and cataloged, kind of like that was. That's suspect. That's highly suspect, Yo, and you should not touch okay, it. Okay, I just want to start like making random journals with like red ink, and then putting it in the trash bag with like the barbed wire thing, like in the Evil mm, Dead remake. Yeah, and then just burying them in the woods, like just to fuck with people. Yeah, just so one day that I could be reading, you know, on online somewhere that somebody found some book somewhere, and I'm like, yes, yes, it's worked. <laughs> it's worked. <laughs> Life well lived. <laughs> yes. Uh, I do like the little um, the little nods to each monster that they had in the basement, though. And I mean, you could you could pretty yeah. much, you know, those like old school things you did in elementary, like match together. <laughs> you could draw a line from the monster to its you just trinket. Want, you just want images and then trinkets. Yes. <laughs> draw the line. Yes. Yeah. Once you love how Kurt was. Almost gonna blow him through that uh, seashell conch. Yeah, the conch in his hands. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he had it in his hands. He's like, you yeah, know, just a few more minutes, and you could have blown it. You could have blown it, and then who knows what would have happened. Never gonna see. But a it's mermaid. funny how to me how he he wanted the merman. Like for the life of him, he wanted the merman, and ultimately that's what ended up killing him. Well, Which, honestly, again, it's a part choice. of the yeah, it's a part of that mundane thing. Like you get so yeah. tired of seeing the same monsters year after year. It's, yeah, it's like any job. other job where he's like, oh, the Buckners again, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they yeah. even have that little exchange after they do select the Buckners, yeah. and he's like, well, the, they have a hundred percent clearance rate, and you got to go with and what then, you got, right? Yeah, the thing that I also love about the control room is right before they make the selection is did you guys pause to see all the names of the monsters on the board? No, we didn't. I've seen most because of I, them before. I did that. Because I know when I first, when I remember trying to catch as many as I could in the movie theater, but when it came out on Blu-ray, I was like, I cannot wait for that part so I can pause it and see everything they had on there. And the thing that I love is they had the Deadites and the Angry Molesting Tree from Evil Dead on there. No, you see the angry molesting tree during the purge scene in the elevators. Yes. You see the tree. I always try to look somewhere new each time I watch this movie during one of those scenes so I could see what's coming out of the elevators because that's one of the best scenes. But let's get to there in a little bit because I I definitely want to talk about those. But I love the Buckners when they they first come out because those are some fucking creepy hillbilly zombies. (laughs) And yes. the little one, I'm pretty sure, or she's she's from something. I don't she know if it's so... from her. I don't remember if it's Samara or if it's another one, but I'm pretty sure she's played some sort of horror she's played, character. She's played a zombie or a character before. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, she gets clotheslined by Thor. Before he was Thor. Before he was Thor, but she still, she could say she's been clotheslined by Thor. She was in Silent Hill. Yes. Silent Hill, that's what it was. That's what it was. Okay. Sharon slash Elisa. Yeah, she was the creepy one. But again, once the once they get summoned, which again Marty being the smart one, 
where Dana starts reading the, the passage in the book and she says, Oh, there's some Latin in here. It's like, whatever you do, do not read that. And then there's that little, uh, voice in the background that says, do it. And I was like, what the fuck was that? I love when Marty starts hearing that when it's like trying to get him to go for a walk. Go for a walk. And he's like, who the fuck said that? And yeah. then he still, he still goes for a walk. He still leaves <laughs> and goes outside yeah. and takes a piss. Like, okay. That, well, it uh, didn't take much, and I guess. He was fighting with the voice, but then ultimately he had to pee. So. Which one? It was a sweet, sweet siren. I love the whole, um, the death scene of Mordecai. Jules. Jules. <laughs> that whole death scene, that first death scene is when you first get the, the sacrifice leg. thing at the end when she's dead. Yes. You see them pull oh, the thing yeah, yeah. and it fills the blood. The lever. And, yeah, the lever. And it, it brings me back to um, 13 Ghosts. A lot of things in this movie bring me back to 13 Ghosts because in 13 Ghosts they had it was like this contraption that would spin with different every time the house moved. So it kind of looked like that. All the gears and stuff. Yeah, yeah. the gears and stuff. And yeah, and then the glass elevators. And then, of course, all the different demons in the glass elevators. Because a lot of them, like one of them is a ghost that looks like she has no nose and it's like just kind of screaming. I'm like, ha, huh, I could be a wilted, the jilted lover. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's, it's well, like a, it's like, like a, the... it's like a ghost zoo or like yeah. a, like a demon zoo. Like, okay, we're going to borrow you from this one, send you over here for exactly. a while. Like, yeah. See, no, got, what I want. Yeah, we've got the, uh, we've got the, the ghost with no nose on, on a retainer or on, yeah. a, on exhibit from, for loan from the 13 houses. Exactly. Like, no, what I want is house. a whole cabin in the woods universe where we get the different movies of the different backstories of each of the the little monsters that they have in those things. Like they have the conjuring universe with the nun and the Yorona and all those. Like I want a different cabin in the wood ones where we get all the backstory and lore of all the different monsters they got in there. I want a comedy. I want a comedy about who, whoever strikes the deal up with these demons or the, the gods or whatever in the beginning with like, we'll just kill people. It's Sigourney Weaver. She's she's just (laughs) lived forever. She's just been here forever. It's the two hundredth incantation of her. She's Mm -hmm. just been cloned over there. It's Ripley. It's Ripley. It's Ripley. She's come back from the future. The thing that I love about the whole elevator thing is when you see all of these creatures, all of these animals, whatever need be. It's things that we've seen in the past, but it's a different take on because obviously they can't use the ones that we're used to because we see one of the guys who I would want to I want to call him Hellraiser. Because he looks like Hellraiser because he has the little, instead of a cube, he has that little ball. Yeah. And then you see you see the werewolves, you see the zombies, you see those. So it's like, you know, all of, we've seen all of these creatures before. And it's cool seeing them in their light that and trying to see their counterparts. Because you're like, that's who that is, that's who that is, and that's who that is. So the whole elevator thing, I just, I just love that once they get down into, into that area. Yeah, and I love that after all of our main people are dead, it's like a whole second movie. Because it's, yeah. it's all the people at the cabin have died except for Dana and Marty, which Marty's the glitch. <laughs> He's the glitch in the system um, because of all of his massive amounts of weed. Uh, but after everybody's well, dead, even- they go down into the elevators and then it's a whole second movie. And then it's actually gory or the second time around. Yeah. And they leave them. Yeah. Okay. And it's funny to me because it's like, it's not so much like a horror movie trope. And, and it always makes me think of 
because of an Austin Powers where it's like they get in the elevator and they know where they are and they're like, oh, they're in elevator, whatever. And, you know, they, they set it up to come open and they have one fucking guard meet them. One there. inept guard. One inept guard to come <laughs> get these people. And the whole fucking world depends on them killing these people in fucking order. When they send one guard, yes. one guard to fuck it up by getting his leg or his, his pant leg tugged by the zombie, the hand. zombie hand, yeah. And then, of you course, they have that giant purge all button in the yeah. One it's stop. like, all right, just just <laughs> in case, you know, we're gonna put the purge button in this little office at the very end of the hallway, not at, you know at the beginning where you can hit it and then run real quick or anything. For whatever reason, you need this fucking button. It was very spaceballs yeah. to me. It was like, very spaceballs, <laughs> and it was so self-explanatory. The Dana's like, oh, okay, you flip the switch and then, and then you, you hit push the button. button. Like, all right, yeah. bada bing, bada boom. Not, not even need a key or anything. Like, this really should be like no key, like, no sort of who authorization. Puts, who nothing. puts the self-destruct button near the deadly elevator? You're right. like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should have some more oversight of the who purge designed all this place. Fucking like. <laughs> and really, I the whole choices that were made in this movie, the choice to make Sigourney Weaver the like. What is she? The manager of the <laughs> the ritual? She's the director uh, of. Uh, Underground, really? I don't know. What, what, yeah. what would you even call this department? I don't the know. overseer or the CEO, whatever you want to call it. But to give her that kind of powerful role in this horror movie to be seen by horror fans is kind of just brilliant. It's really like a nod yes. to all of us who grew up seeing her in our horror movies. And we take her with authority. So clearly <laughs> we have to listen to Ellen Ripley because like, she's got oh, something to say. Yeah, we don't blame you, Dana. Go ahead and kill Marty. Yeah. Gorney Weaver told you to. The, I mean, what are you going to do? The other person, I know the other person that they had in mind for it, and it would have been interesting to see, though, but either way, though, the person they got was Gorney Weaver. They additionally uh, offered the role to Jamie Lee Curtis. Really? Hmm. That could have been interesting. That's who, they had, that's who they initially had in mind, but I don't know if if she turned it down or if it never got to her, but ultimately they wanted to go and leave her. Yeah, her, uh, her credit is just the director. Yeah. yeah her, her casting in this, I thought actually was a little bit better. Yeah, I think she has a little bit more authority. I don't know, because this yeah. was pre-2018's Halloween, so I don't know. Jamie yeah, had been out of the know. game yeah, for a while, horror-wise. She hadn't really wise. done anything for a while. I don't know. It would have been weird, I think. I think uh, much respect to Jamie Lee, but I think Sigourney Weaver was perfect for this, and I think that she would probably agree because I think actors are like that in general. Yeah, but well, yeah, let's get into the nitty gritty of what happens after the, which I love the scene of when they purged all the creatures and whatnot out of there, where it was just kill fest. Oh yeah, it's just everybody's mundane job is now turned in. To a complete bloodbath. And again, yeah, okay. just- and I know this is a mythical fucking, you know, corporation underground and all this other fucking thing, but there's a reason you have evacuation plans, right? Like, yeah. Like, there's plans <laughs> for these fucking things. Like, if you ever hear that one alarm, you know, and here's what it sounds like, and then, you know, you hear the fucking alarm. If you ever hear that alarm, get the fuck out of here because someone hit the fucking button in that little room near the elevators to let everything out. And then maybe... Wait, why do we have that button? Don't ask. I've asked a hundred times. Maybe maybe they didn't do those those things, and that's why nobody asked, and so they never thought about it. (laughs) It's safety first, people. 
Because up until then, that hadn't happened before where they had a failure. Well, yeah, they said so they were close to 98. And it was Kim's fault yeah. as well. The Kim department. The Kim yeah. department. But still, like, none of that makes sense to where it's like, this is a good idea. Let's do it this way. No. All of the creatures and one thing that might come out. So after they do the purge and everything and all those elevators start opening, like Sol said, it's so reminiscent of so many things. And I love one of my favorite parts is not only the ridiculous giant snake that they have, (laughs) because it is literally just a big ass snake. I know some of them weren't even like, um, like they were just oversized. Like the snake was just like an oversized snake. It wasn't even like, there was nothing special about the snake. But it that's, was just that's a what's giant so snake. great about it though. It's like a sci fi. Yeah, because it's snake. like, it's like there's <laughs> mythical creatures, there's like straight out, you know, demons or there's, you know, ghosts or whatever. And then there's just like the fucking unicorn with my The favorite. unicorn. Yeah, the unicorn that speared someone. Yes. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, because you think like everyone's always like, unicorns are so beautiful and they're majestic. I'm like, but what if they are just dicks? Like, yeah. what if unicorns yeah. are like, you know, what geese are to like fucking ducks? Like, they're just dickheads, <laughs> you know? Like, mean. That's the PSA like, for this mean. week. Ducks, geese are just geese fucking, are dicks. Just asshole ducks. <laughs> Nobody likes it you, is geese. Thing. I it's swear, like, it's gonna it's gonna happen. One. Like, I'm not gonna antagonize a fucking goose, but I know one day, like, I'm gonna end up having to punch one. It's gonna happen one day. Paul's <laughs> waiting. He's waiting for a no, dickhead goose fuck, to come. I, And you know what? If the goose fucking starts it, it's going to finish with me having a big fucking goose dinner because fuck those geese. Oh my gosh. Uh, I I want to see this. Goose is like duck because that would probably be good if it was. But anyway, no, my favorite of the whole of the whole purge scene is the um, the strangers is what I call them because Mm, they're just three people in masks and they're just like walking through dementedly killing people. I think, yeah, the fact yeah. that they're just so nonchalant, like just like, ah, we're going to go do this. When they come out of they the elevator cold. all slow motion, I'm like, look how badass these people are. Like, <laughs> like, that's the kind of killers that you want in a movie. I love how all the creatures and the killers in the movie left each other alone and they just went after the people. To me, you would start thinking, okay, which one's going to want to try to take alpha status and try to be like, no, I'm the leader of everything and start going after the other ones. But no, they just said, fuck it, we're just killing all these people. I love the clown who who just can't take... You can't, you can't kill him. You can't kill him. He can just take oh. bullets to well, the I chest. Think, I think that just speaks to their like entrapment or whatever. I don't know if that's what you'd fucking yeah. call it. But them just being locked in those cases. Because then you got to think about like who knows when the last time some of them have been out. Yeah. If they hadn't gotten picked, like they were just sitting there waiting. Mm-hmm. So I mean, to me, it was more like I, you know what we've all we're all prisoners in this thing together, so we're gonna yeah. fucking take the prison over. It's so. time to raise hell. Mm-hmm. And then you have the oversized bat too, which I didn't get. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it a bat or was it some? It, it looked more like what's that one? The Jersey Devil. Uh, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like the winged, like yeah, crazy thing. Yeah. I it just, looked yeah. more like a bat to me. I just kind of took it more of a, like a giant bat, too. So I mean, I could see yeah. it. Yeah. I just thought it was some sort of mythical flying Mothman sort of I, Jersey should, Devil I, creature. I, I wanted to see Bigfoot running around. I think <laughs> that been... But Bigfoot doesn't kill people. He just runs hey, away from hey, cameras. <laughs> okay. Well, people don't think that fucking <laughs> unicorns would kill people. So fuck that, dude. Uh. The, the, the scarecrows, like too. The yeah, scarecrows. That's what I was about to bring up, was the, the scarecrow pack or whatever it was. Yeah, that, that took out the military guy. Yeah. 
Oh, they, they were, were cool. so cool and creepy. See, we need a whole cabin in the wood universe full of just their backstories. At least, See, you know, and give me an, like, anthro- uh, the, an anthology series anthology, of just yeah. different. Yes. I, that's what I need is just all of their stories. That's <laughs> what I want. I think oh, I there could be, like, I want to see them. There could be Go a ahead. sequel where it's like just apocalyptic, where you not only do you have to worry about like the gods or whatever that come up, yeah, but you also have to worry about all these fucking creatures just roaming around now, mm-hmm. and so it's just other like fucking killing chaos. everybody. Like it could be cool to see. Uh, yeah, I just love that. Well, oh, the other thing too, I forgot to mention is uh, about the board. There's one thing that they even asked the directors about it is, again, I don't know if you guys have the movie or not, but pause it. And in, like, one of the little bottom corners, you just see the name of Kevin. And they're like, what the hell is Kevin, and who is he, or what is he? And the way the uh, the writers, Josh Whedon, I forget the other guy who wrote it, but they said Kevin is just pretty much a serial killer. He's, like, he's somebody that can work, like, at a Best Buy, can work at a Target or something like that. But once he befriends you, he's one of those ultimately, like, flasher, real-time murders, like a Dahmer or a BTK killer. Just somebody who lives in real life and is just a, a psychotic just a, murderer. Just a no- normal, everyday m- yeah. murderer. You're you know? normal, everyday. <laughs> You're run-of-the-mill yeah. serial killer. killer psycho. <laughs> because you, you have these, you I'm, have these Kevin. movie monsters, but then you also have the real-life people that are... Like unicorns like and Kevin. Like unicorns, yeah. Kevin, and the strangers. Yeah. Yes. The whole purge scene, it's just chaotic, but it's so well shot and well, like, the, the whole story is told. And you get to see all those people that were betting on, you know, who the murderers were going to be. You get to see all of their demise. You get to see that this is, this is really what they were dealing with every day. I mean, they they yeah. worked in that building with those people, with those monsters every single day. And you have to find a way. It makes you wonder how much, like, some of those people actually even fucking knew. I mean, I don't know. Like, you knew enough to know, like, here's what I'm betting on. You knew enough to know that it was going to go in the fucking betting pool. Yeah. You know, what creatures, yeah. quote unquote, they had. So, I don't know. It was. It is definitely one of those things where it's like, it's it's kind of karma, but it's not. It's indirect karma, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, again, it's like they had to blow because there's that one chick who's in the chem department who talks to the two main guys in the building, and she's talking about how it's all blowing off steam, and like they had to they had to figure out some way to normalize this experience because yeah. realistically, that's the kind of fear dealing with those creatures that you would bring into work every day, and you can't do that when you're in that kind of a situation. Even when they were talking to the military guy, he was trying to find the normalcy and what they were doing. Because he asks them, is them betting on this? Does everybody know about this? And then she explains to them, it's like, we have to find a way to normalize everything. Because if not, then you realize what the severity of what they're actually doing is. Uh, all right, okay, let's left. talk about the two main guys now. The mm. two main worker guys. I don't remember his name. Sitterson. I don't know their names. And Hadley. Hadley is Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. Yes. I can, the only thing I remember him from is... Billy Madison. <laughs> he has been in a million things, but that's just where my head goes. And he was recently in Get Out. This is true. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about them. The, yeah, when the purge happens, they kind of go into lockdown and they lock themselves down, but that only works for so long because eventually those mythical creatures are getting in that room. And then they put up a pretty, pretty well, good no, fight. It's, it's just like anything else that it's like, 
he's got issues with like the trap door in that fucking room. Like they're they're basically in like a vault. Yeah. And yeah. they're still having issues like with the trap door to get out of there and then all shit breaks loose because everything just breaks in anyway, like even though they're mm-hmm. in a fucking vault, which this whole building must have had just like a humongous sense, like false sense of security. If yeah. you're like, if you get to the point where you can just try and normalize it to where you're okay with betting on these evil things or whatever, and then it's like, oh, okay, all they had to do was find one of the stupid, you know, elevator shaft things that we have from up top, and, you know, this pothead just crossed a few wires and all of a sudden they hit the purge button and we're all well, fucking Well, I mean, dead, they you know? just <laughs> really weren't prepared for the pothead. This, is. Just seriously. <laughs> like, and I think that's what makes it even better in this whole fucking movie that it was the fucking pothead. It was that, the pothead. That quote unquote saves the day. I mean, I don't know. And the, the best thing about it is Marty is, he's got the same idea beginning to end. <laughs> he says earlier yeah. in the beginning that Maybe humanity just needs to break down or we're we're just, just choose chicken, we're chicken shit to, shit let, to let it, it happen. Yeah. 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 And I love how they do mention the fact that he pretty much smoked himself to the point where he fried his brain to where all the stuff that they were doing to influence the the kids in the in the cabin wasn't working at all anymore. Yep, none of the pheromones, none of the drugs they were shooting with or doing anything to Marty's brain. Marty was thinking about Pop Tarts. And hearing See, that shit was, in the walls. That was the one thing. You know, like if Pop Tarts would have just showed up and like he would have been like, fuck it. Right? If they just would have poisoned the Pop Tarts, Marty no, would have been dead. No, it's not even that. Like they just gave him Pop Tarts and he would just sat down and started and munching on Pop Tarts and then he would have been murdered. Like, he would that See? They just didn't think outside the box. The they didn't think of a pothead being mm-hmm. a pothead and wanting Pop Tarts later. No. No, they didn't. Really, even as smart as Marty was, if a, if Pop Tarts would have just appeared, at, like say a trapdoor in the the coffee table opened up and popped her shoes. Yeah, if they there. no, if they went down in that basement and there was the you know the fucking uh, the, the the ballet band, the music box and mm-hmm. like all that other shit they were playing with, and all of a sudden when he was like, "Don't read the Latin," if it, if the voice I'm like, "They're pop tarts behind you." <laughs> they what? Pop tarts? Like, oh fuck! <laughs> like it wouldn't even matter. Like okay, this why does this brand new box of pop tarts in here with all this shit that's got dust? Over? He wouldn't have questioned it, it right? Been, with a toaster and everything. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what it was. Like he's like, pop tarts are ready. He turns around, they pop up from he a just toaster. Hears it. He's like, oh, pop tarts. Like, just send them on a quest to pop tarts. Pop tarts. Then he's like, oh shit, they burned my mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, that's how they could have taken Marty out was just Bob just giving him food. He would have shut up. They overthought every aspect of it and they overlooked the pothead. Mm -hmm. As as you do, because people tend to think potheads are stupid, but we're not. We're just stoned a lot. Ingenuity. The other thing that I love about, too, is right before shit went down and they realized they're the last hope is when you see the shots of, what is it, Kyoto, when they were trying... They were close to it, and all of a sudden, they figured out. They liberated the uh, the spirit. You see Spain, you see Switzerland, and you see one other one though. And you see how everyone has failed. And you're like, "Wow, I would have liked to have seen those versions of that movie too." Yeah, no, that would be interesting. I also wonder: Do the gods care which one wins, or do they just Apparently one? Do they not. only? But they're underneath. Like the gods that they show in the movie, right, are underneath the American version of this game. Well, so are there different yeah. gods in the well, maybe, different uh, parts? Maybe they're That's just. What I'm thinking. Maybe they're just. Uh, they're under everything because they're in the middle of everything. I don't know. 
That's what I'm thinking. I have questions, Joss Whedon. Plot hole. That's what you got to figure. Is, See, that's a couch, right? Successful, then they, they realize, okay, you guys are good for another year. And then when they see everything starts screwing up, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, they got to go towards that one because that's where they're waiting for it to, to end. And it's, uh, I love that this movie is also broader spectrum, talks about how we punish the youth and we enjoy horror movies because we like to watch things die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like Sigourney Weaver's whole montage at the end, or monologue at the end, she's just like, like, why are they being punished? Or no, it's in the beginning when he's like, why are they being punished? Because they're young. I don't know. It's just, those are the rules. Like Because we're young. But we just, we're weird. We like to see boobs and watch people die and see buckets of blood getting squirted everywhere. It's a release for us in some way. (laughs) And then the monologue that she spat almost got Dana on her side because she started pointing the gun towards Marty and she gets her come up and by getting bit by that werewolf. Yeah, the werewolf attacks her. And it, Marty lets it happen, but he apologizes for it. You know, it's fair, though. <laughs> it is fair. I mean, All at, is fair I when mean, there's a gun at, pointed even at, at you. at the end of that, they were kind of like, you know, sorry, I, I was going to shoot you. I'm sorry, I let the werewolf bite you. you know, no, I love Dana. She's like, I'm it. so sorry. I almost shot you. I probably wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. She she knows herself. Well, she gotta, might not you have. you got to think about it. Though. I mean, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty heavy you know, decision is. for you. And I like mean, she said, it was like the sun comes up in eight minutes you got to make a choice within eight minutes that's a lot to think about within eight minutes yeah because one thing is it's either one life or the life of millions and marty was like fuck it they all deserve to die right and marty ultimately gets dana on his side and she's like the human race maybe we should let somebody else take a crack at it would you have shot marty would i have shot marty (laughs) would you have shot marty probably so would you have shot marty I was shot, Marty. Because uh, again, the one thing they said, like he said, it's your life or the life of millions. So it doesn't matter if, like, if you let him live, that means not only are you dead, but everybody else is dead. You kill one person, then you save everybody else's life. It's, it's Marty or everybody. Yeah. And I probably would have shot Marty. I would have shot not. Marty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Marty. I mean, you're a good I would have shot Marty and then been a werewolf, and things would have been cool. So I'm yeah, good with that. I'm good with true. that. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, so if Dana turns into a werewolf, does she technically just get to survive and like Or does she have to be stuck in the cube with the other werewolf? Well, no, but now that the the gods are rising, mm, they're not I going guess. back into the cube. No, so... I'm saying no, I'm saying like if she would have shot him and became a werewolf. Oh yeah, then she would have got stuck in the cubes, but yeah. Now yeah, I don't the... know, is there anybody left to put anybody back in the fucking cubes? Well, no, that's world? what I'm saying. Oh. There's there nobody's going into the cubes. Yeah, I don't know. Alternate, yeah, alternate, I want an alternate ending with with all these questions answered. Where she, shoots <laughs> she shoots him, becomes a new director and a werewolf. Director werewolf. Director werewolf. This is the movie I want. Who do we we gotta get Joss Whedon on the phone? Director werewolf. It's like if you don't listen to her, she's gonna fucking wolf out on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta listen to director werewolf, Damn. right? All right, yes. Paul. Final thoughts. It's a fun. There's really not much more I can see. Did you say Paul? There's not much more I can see. I don't know who. Who do you want to go? I said Paul. Okay. Well, you already started, man. Go ahead. 
With me, there's really not much more I can say about this movie. I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. If you like, again, like I always say, if you like horror movies, enjoy this one. Watch it. That's pretty much all I got to say about that. Thanks, Forrest. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a fun ride. It's a great, great time. If if you go into this movie based on the previews, you're going to totally think it's just a cheesy ripoff of a bunch of other cabin in the wood type horror movies that you've seen a hundred other times. But it is meant to look like that on purpose, and it is very, very fun. So give it a watch. If you haven't seen it already, I don't know what the hell you're waiting for. So it's fun. Go for it. This movie was made f- about horror fans for horror fans. You know all the tropes. You know the stories. You get to see a different ending than the one we usually see. It's a good ride. It's a good time. And the stoner either saves the day or destroys the whole world. But either way. <laughs> but kind of both. I don't know. Kind of both. Yeah. I mean, either way, it's a great movie. It turns the horror genre on its head, but not really. And it doesn't, that only makes sense if you've seen this movie. <laughs> no, here, here's what it does. And I think I just figured this out. I, I mean, maybe I just figured out the way to word it correctly, right? It justifies all the tropes in a way that you're like, okay, that makes sense. And that's why it's so funny because you have all these tropes that you've seen a hundred times and there's no rhyme or reason for them in any other horror movie. It's like why? Yeah. Why does someone? Why does someone running? Why are they gonna fall? Why it's like when this? they like, see her tits, and he, they're yeah. like, "Oh!" And it goes back to when he says that we're not the only ones watching. Like, yeah. there are rules that have to be followed in this. It's a certain path that yeah. has to be taken for this to fucking work. And it's, and I think yeah. that's the funniest part of it. It's like it gives you a, a like a valid reason for all these cheesy tropes, and I think. That in itself is like just comedic gold for me. Yeah. And then, of course, the comedy gold of just the ridiculous purge. And then, yeah. And then it's like how they use the the tropes. And then you have the ridiculous, you know, purge melee. Yeah. Because then they they do ridiculously use the monsters. And they ridiculously use the fucking uh, (laughs) purge button in itself to be like. Two idiots could just fucking walk over like, oh, hey, flip this. I guess we're going to fit the purge button. I know. If I was in this situation, I would be fucked. I don't know how to hotwire an elevator. Do you know how to hotwire an elevator? I've never tried it. I've I've never tried it, so I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I mean, there's all those horror movies that like people are popping open things and crossing wires and they're going to be fucked. I'd just be dead. See, I always think about that when there's, when there's movies and whether it's not so much horror movies, maybe, but any movie that that someone's like, all right, we've got to swim under this thing and go way over here. Like I would have been dead. I can't can't (laughs) hold my breath that fucking long. I can't hold my breath. I can't remember all that. Like, it's like we're gonna swim that. over here, and it's like we gotta go. I'm like I'm I'm dead. Like if there's no way to stop in in between that, then you might as well just go without me. See, I'm the same way when people are like, you have to remember this code, and I always try to remember the Nine, code. Seven, three, I'm like, six, it's been two. literally two point five seconds. It's out of my brain. Wait, wait what was like, the second number? The whole the bomb would go off. I would <laughs> never remember. Like, I know. I was like, what are you gonna do? I like, can't write it down because I'm gonna be sweaty as shit. Mm-hmm. If we're like, I always think about that in fucking uh, Running Man with. Uh, Schwarzenegger, when they're like, remember these codes? And she's like, what? And I'm like, done. Yep, done. I'm done. Dead. Everybody's dead. Sorry. I know there was a three in there. That's also the same way with like the like, crossing cha- of the wires. Can we stuff? change the code to something I can fucking remember? Like, you know the code. <laughs> right? So just let's change, change it. it now. Can we change it to one, two, three, four? Wait, <laughs> if you just change the code, then they can't use it either. Yeah. 
And if you make it something yeah. that I can remember, then we're the only ones that can use it. Just all twos. Can we do that? Is that hard? <laughs> no, they'll be expecting that. <laughs> all right, guys. I think that is it for this 420 episode. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and YouTube. You can go to scarynerd.com for more horror entertainment news. You can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com backslash scarynerd. You can also remember to like and subscribe, follow, whatever you do on whatever platforms you do. Um, but give us feedback. You can email us at podcast at scarynerd.com. And we will be back to you on Thursday this week with Thursday, Scout's Guide. Friday, I don't know. Sometime, we don't know the days anymore. The days week. are all the same, people. Yes. It's getting crazy in this quarantine life. Email a friend and tell them to listen to us. Yes, it'll be great. <laughs> if you know any lonely people, tell them to listen. We are here. We are trying to put out two episodes a week for you guys so you don't feel lonely. Send us your emails. Let us know that you're listening. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, anything else? I dedicate this, nope. this uh, episode to Kevin. To Kevin the serial yes, killer. Kevin. I just said Kevin. Kevin the serial killer. So if you know a Kevin, email him and said that I, hey, this hey, episode's for you, Kevin. Kevin the serial killer. This one's for you. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a serial killer. Just any Kevin will do right nope. now. Nope. If you're named Kevin, you're a serial killer. No. I've just decided. No, my my uh, my serial killer name is Jeffrey. Jeffrey. That's mm, a good one. That right is there. a good one. If you, know it, if you know a guy that goes by Jeffrey, not Jeff, not if he goes by Jeff. <laughs> right, like if his, name, we need to if get his name is Jeffrey, but he goes by Jeff, he's fine. But if his name is Jeffrey, he goes by Jeffrey, like specifically like Run. my name is Run. Jeffrey. Like if you call him Jeff and he goes, no, my name is Jeffrey. That's the fucking dude. Call somebody, please. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this episode. We'll be back, like I said, on Thursday with Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse for our April Fool's themed month and we'll see you then bye bye everyone bye kevin